0: Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. Hello and welcome from me. It's great to join with you in your homes today, whether you're watching this live this morning or later on Sunday afternoon, evening or even during the week. We are in our series called Promise Keeper, as you've heard from Adam and Louise, and we're journeying through the book of Isaiah and today thinking about this promise from God to bring light in the darkness. So let's begin with a word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, we welcome you into our homes, into our hearts. We pray the light of you, Jesus Christ, shine down upon each one of us today. That we would see you and hear you. In your mighty name, Jesus, we ask. Amen. Well, I want to talk about this theme of light in the darkness. Light is a symbol of hope and actually we all need more light in our lives at the moment. For some of us that is a literal sense of light. The clocks changed last night. I hope you enjoyed a lie-in this morning. We certainly did. But it does mean that the evenings are going to get darker and so we'll find as these days and weeks roll on that we have a desire for more light in our lives. Some of it is the need for light in our minds. After eight months of COVID-19 and all that that brings, I think, perhaps like me, there's a sense that you may feel of, we've had enough of this horrible disease." But actually the greatest need for light that we have is a spiritual need, particularly as we sense the darkness creeping in around us. Throughout the Bible, darkness symbolizes despair and evil. And we can contrast that with light which signifies peace and hope and the very presence of God but in order to really understand the true glory and the power and the significance of light we need to look at what darkness means and what we see if we go right back to the beginning of the Bible is that out of nothing God created light and through it came the creation of nature, everything around us, of humanity, you and me. And we are created to be in relationship with God, to depend upon him for everything in our lives. But of course, things didn't go quite according to God's plan. And so we read that Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden were tempted by the devil. And they turned away from the light. And it was at this point that They were cast out of the Garden of Eden, out of the presence of God, because they turned from God. They sinned. And the whole of the Old Testament is the story of God's people sinning and crying out to God, and God hearing them and showing his mercy. And in fact, this is a good summary, really, of much of the book of Isaiah. We read in the first half of the book of Isaiah these themes of sin and disobedience, of God's people facing judgment. The immediate context that we're reading about here in chapter 9 is of the people of God facing the might of an Assyrian army who are going to throw them out of their place of worship, their spiritual home. But we read here, if you look back at the end of chapter 8, about this gathering sense of darkness coming on the people of God. And so Isaiah was called to hold up a mirror to God's people, to, to reveal to them their sin, their disobedience. But also to point them and us to hope. And so we read in chapter 9, as Katie's just read to us, these words in verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. The people walking in darkness. I was thinking about what that means for us now in our lives and our culture at the moment. And if you walk down the main street, Broad Street in Reading today you would probably be forgiven for thinking that things look quite normal. The shops will be open during the week. The schools are functioning. Primark is doing very well. They're selling a lot of clothes. McDonald's drive-thru is fuller than ever. But all is not well. And these last eight months have brought out people's true colours. You know, it's like a toothpaste tube. When you squeeze it, what comes out is what is inside. And it's similar in our culture. You know, the majority of people have turned from God. God has almost been airbrushed out of our society and our culture. And so what comes out of this toothpaste tube, what comes out of humanity when it's squeezed and under pressure, is actually darkness. It's injustice and anger, it's abuse, it's immorality, it's broken relationships, it's addictions. The list goes on. If you look at the headlines today, yesterday, the last few weeks or months, most of what we read comes in under these headlines. These categories of different areas of darkness in our society. But there is reason for hope. Adam and Louise read those words from 1 John, that light overcomes the darkness. These words in Isaiah chapter 9 have echoes of the book of Genesis. But whereas in the book of Genesis, the transformation that takes place is physical from darkness to light, the transformation taking place here in the book of Isaiah is spiritual. And so what we read is the promise of joy in verse 3, of peace, of justice, of righteousness in verse 7. Isaiah is prophesying. He is telling us about what is to come. And it involves the birth of a child. Now, normally, when we announce the birth of a child, we do so just after the event, so whether you know or not, John Freeman, our curate, and his wife, Steph, have had a baby. Congratulations, the Freemans. Little baby Molly is doing well. She's hopefully sleeping at home. I shouldn't speak too loud, John, sorry. Wake her up. But we want to congratulate you on the arrival of your new baby Molly. Sometimes the arrival of a birth is announced just before But here, Isaiah is announcing this birth 700 years before the birth of the child. This child is to bring light into the world, to bring salvation, to humanity. And this child has a name and the child's name is Jesus. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. In John's Gospel Jesus says I am the light of the world God hasn't abandoned us in this world he hasn't given up on us he's had a plan to rescue and save us to renew and restore and recreate all things and the one called the light of the world entered this world And has taken our darkness on himself on the cross so that you and I can receive new life and light. So that as we repent, as we just have done in this service together, as we confess our sins, as we put our trust in Jesus, we receive his Holy Spirit, we receive his forgiveness and we are made a new creation. We are saved from hell and the eternal separation from God. And we receive his light and the hope of an eternal light. And so we are to respond in two ways that I want to talk through briefly with you now. And the first is this, that you and I are to turn Now this isn't just a sermon point that I'm giving you here. I am pleading with you as your pastor to turn to the light. There is a spiritual battle going on at the moment. And if you look at what's going on around us in the world and in our country, you will realise quickly that the entire focus is on a physical battle with COVID-19. There's talk of a financial battle in our economy. There's even a political battle that is playing out in the United States of America at the moment. But the spiritual battle is not even spoken about, but it is real and it is raging around you and me. The spiritual battle that we read about in Isaiah between light and darkness is against the one that we read about in the book of Ephesians that is... The spiritual forces of evil and it was the devil who tempted Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and it is the devil who is causing havoc at the moment in our culture and we according to the words of Ephesians are to stand firm to let the light in in our lives there's a spiritual battle that is going on over you over your thoughts, your words, your actions. Sometimes for you and me, that battle can feel more or less acute. I have sensed it hugely this week in my life. But we need to ask ourselves, what are those areas of our lives where the darkness has crept in? Where do we need to turn away from the darkness and let the light in? What are you reading? What are you watching on TV or online? What are you listening to? These things have a profound impact on our spiritual health. Are you reading your Bible every day? Are you praying every day? Let the light in and stop allowing the darkness to creep in around you. You know, there's plenty of false lights out there. In the book of Isaiah, In chapter 8, we read about false lights, consulting mediums and spiritualists. That's still a reality today. But there's even more false lights. There's consumerism. There's comfort. There's career. There's a long list of ways in which you and I can be distracted from letting in the light and allow the darkness to overwhelm us. We need to wake up to this spiritual battle and let the light in. The second point I want to make is that not only should we let the light in, but we want to radiate the light of Christ in our lives. And so as I was reading through these words of Isaiah, this isn't just a historical spiritual reality. This is a present spiritual reality. The battle is not just in my life and your life but it is one that we face as the wider church in this nation. You know, I think the greatest danger that the church faces today is that it is being gagged. The church is falling silent. The church is losing its voice, its prophetic voice to speak the truth, to give a message of hope and light at a time when our country is totally lost and struggling, facing only The darkness. The truth is, Jesus says in Matthew 6, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Don't hide it. Don't go silent. But speak out. Speak out truth. Speak out words of hope. Now to use a light analogy, you may feel that as an individual that you are less of a powerful lighthouse that is beaming out thousands of watts of light across miles of water, but that you feel a bit more like a dim, flickering candle on your own. But I want you to think of it like this. Imagine that you are the only light that is turned on in your house. You're the only light that's on in Reading. If we were to look at a satellite image, the image would show more or less darkness. It probably wouldn't pick up on this one light. But you are not on your own. You are one of hundreds of people at Greyfriars who are men and women and children who are the light of the world, following Christ, shining his glory in this world. There are thousands of you across Reading, believers. And if we take this picture and, and look across the whole of the UK we begin to see thousand upon thousands upon thousands of lights that are turning on and shining in different ways across this country and across the world. The national church in the UK provides Homeless shelters, drug and alcohol support groups, mental health and counselling services, youth clubs, after-school care, and much more. An article in the newspapers this week estimated that the value provided by the national church to our society in the UK is estimated at £12.4 billion. The eternal calculation of what is going on in the kingdom of God is even greater than that lives that are being saved, lives that are being transformed by Jesus think of what you are doing, offering Alpha in your homes right now, we've got Alexis who is inviting friends from school to hear the gospel this is the light of the gospel that we read about in 2 Corinthians we've got Tim who's inviting his colleagues into his home To hear the truth of who Jesus is. We've got Deirdre and Diana who are inviting parents and some staff from Greyfriars Nursery to hear the good news of Jesus. Every invitation that you offer, every conversation you have about Jesus, sharing your faith, every prayer that you offer up is like a light that is coming on in this country to push back the darkness the darkness cannot be overcome by the light and people will see the light of Christ in you the hope of glory and I want to encourage you all today to stand firm to keep going to realize that what you are doing makes a difference for the kingdom of God And that the light of Christ is brighter than any darkness that we could ever face. And God wants to fill you with his light today. He wants you to know that you're not alone. That what you are doing has eternal consequences. And you may be in a difficult place today. And I want to pray for you now before we go back into worship that God would meet with you that for each one of you, for me as well, that our eyes would be open to this spiritual reality, this spiritual battle, and that we together would walk into the light and turn from the darkness. So let's pray together now, and then we're going to worship together. Heavenly Father, thank you That your light, the light of you, Christ, shines brighter than any darkness. I want to pray for those who are facing indecision. That you, the wonderful Counselor, would draw alongside by your Holy Spirit. And give guidance and wisdom in our daily decisions, our daily choices and the bigger decisions we have to make in our lives. I want to pray, Lord, for those who are feeling weak and vulnerable, those who are struggling physically, mentally, financially, that you would know who our mighty God is, that you know God's strength, God's power, God's sovereignty over you in your life right now. And I want to pray for those who are feeling inadequate, those who are still struggling under words spoken over you in your life that have crushed you and made you feel you're not worth anything. That the love and mercy and grace of our everlasting Father would envelop you now. And that together we would know the peace of the Prince of Peace. And that that light of Christ would shine in us and through us this week. That we would know that we are making a difference for the eternal consequences of your kingdom, Lord. As we speak truth, as we love the poor, as we continue in your purposes. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.